You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. Well, amen. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Amen. God didn't want heaven without us, so he brought heaven down. And that's my prayer for this series, is that we will see a little heaven and experience a little heaven on earth during this series. This morning, we began a new journey together. We paved the way as we learn what it takes to experience a miracle. We are here today, like the people of Israel, on the brink of a miracle. Now, what do I mean when I say on the brink of a miracle? Some of you here this morning have witnessed a miracle. Some of you this morning are a walking miracle. And many of you this morning are praying for a miracle. But the real question is, does anyone here expect a miracle? And I want to talk about that this morning. Many of you have been praying and asking God to do something. Some of you have prayed for days, for weeks, months, and yes, even years. But do you expect it? Do you really believe it? There are several here this morning that I know personally and have seen God do amazing things in their lives. I have seen marriages that looked like they had no hope, but because Jesus was in that marriage, I have seen marriages restored, plural, in this building today. I have seen many in this place, their families brought back together. I've seen God provide jobs when no one ever thought that that job was going to be available. I've even seen God heal people through cancer, survive it. Several others this morning, though, are in need of a miracle, a breakthrough. Maybe you need God to help you with your finances. Maybe to restore your marriage. Maybe to provide a job for you. Or to literally heal you from some dreaded disease. Maybe some of you need to be cured of an addiction. Whether it is of alcohol or drugs or pornography that runs rampant today. But heal you from something. Two weeks ago, in our Jesus series, we talked about, I am the true vine. And there's a verse there in John 15, 7 that says, if you abide in me. Remember that? And my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. You see, God is still in the miracle business. But that word, if, is a big word. And we're going to look at the book of Joshua today. Joshua was a general in Israel's army. He was Moses' successor, chosen by God to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. If you have your Bibles, you can open to Joshua chapter 1, and we'll get there in just a moment, or just follow on the screen. So God commissioned Joshua to... Take command of the people. And they were about to experience a major breakthrough, a miracle. 
You know, now don't, I want you to hear this statement. I'll probably just say it twice. So many people tiptoe through life only to arrive safely at death. Let me say it again. So many people tiptoe through life only to arrive safely at death. Lima Baptist Temple, let's experience a miracle and a breakthrough. Don't sit back and hope for the best. Step up and make it happen in your life. Don't rely on your chances. Rely on good choices. And here in these verses, we learn some powerful principles about how we can experience a miracle. Well, let me just ask this question. Does anybody in this building still believe God's in the miracle business? Amen? Amen. Well, first of all, we are to follow God's plan correctly. That's what we're going to read about here in these first nine verses. So just follow along. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, and to the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This is a very important verse here. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then... You will make your ways prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God called Joshua to lead his people into the promised land. And Joshua had followed God's plan properly and correctly. It's as simple as this. God called and he answered. This is the first step to experiencing a miracle or a personal breakthrough in your life. Alan Redpath said this, God's will for a man's life never comes through the big things, but through the little things. If we meet the smallest responsibility, dignify the smallest duty with the most response of our mind and heart and personality, one day, God will relieve us from the little things and give us a big thing to do. Well, the first chapter of Joshua breaks down into two major parts. The first part is his calling and commissioning. And the second part is Joshua's obedience to God's call. Now, hear this. You can be called and commissioned by God and still not obey. Do you believe that? You can be called and commissioned and still not obey. But praise the Lord, Joshua followed the plan of God. 
As I read this chapter, I'm amazed. I don't see one occasion or instance where Joshua makes an excuse or why he can't serve. I don't see one minute where Joshua says, I, I can't or, or but Lord, unlike Moses, who had excuse after excuse, Joshua stepped up and assumed command. He followed God's plan. Hudson Taylor said, yet another way of working is to begin with God, to ask His plans and to offer ourselves to Him to carry out His purpose. Listen, you will never experience spiritual miracles in your life if you are unwilling to follow God's plan for your life. Do you believe that? You will never experience the blessing of God if you're not willing to answer His call. So today, step up and follow God's plan for your life. And trust me, it's way better than your plan. So first, follow God's plan correctly. Now, when we obey verse 8, remember when I said that's a very important verse? When we obey verse 8, it's easy to do verse 9. When we don't let this book of the Lord right here, God's Word, when we eat it, when we devour it, when we meditate on it day and night, when we don't let it depart from us and we meditate on it, we can be strong and courageous. So first, we need to follow God's plan correctly. Second, we are to believe God's promise completely. Joshua believed God. He didn't hesitate. He didn't second guess or question or doubt. He simply obeyed. Verses 10 and 11 show us how much Joshua believed God. It says, And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, Prepare your provisions, for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan, to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God has given you to possess. The nation of Israel was so organized that Moses could quickly communicate with the people through his officers who formed a chain of command. They didn't have phones, and they couldn't send text messages and emails, right? But they knew how to communicate. Here, Joshua calls the leaders together to call them to action. In verse 2, God gave the promise to Joshua that he and all the people would cross the Jordan, and now Joshua communicates the same truth to the people. In verse 11, again, he says, Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people. Prepare your provisions. For within three days you are able, you are to pass over this Jordan to go and to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is given you to possess. Notice this. Joshua believed God's promises completely. Listen to this language. Within three days, you will cross and possess the land. Now, this is pure faith. Joshua is casting vision before the people. I've heard from God. This is what we're doing, and it's going to happen. Listen, Lima Baptist Temple, we need men and women of God who have been broken by the Spirit of God, who desire only the glory of God in our churches today. God needs people who will completely believe and completely obey. James Montgomery Boyce said this, No person is as invincible 
as one who is certain God has called him or her to a task. No person is as bold as one who knows that God has already given him victory. See, here it is, verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. Listen, church, God promises victory in your life. No weapon formed against you will prosper. He promises victory in the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. He promises victory in your life when you follow him and obey him and claim your inheritance in Jesus Christ. So believe God's promise completely. Thirdly, we are to choose our path carefully. Beginning in verse 12. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you. And they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God has given them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it. The land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. Well, after challenging his officers and casting vision to the people, Joshua turns to a select group of Israelites. The Bible says here, to the Reubenites, to the Gadites, to the half-tribe of Manasseh. Why did Joshua single these tribes out? Well, if you remember, Israel was divided into how many tribes? Twelve, according to the twelve sons of Jacob. Now, in Genesis chapter 48, the first 22 verses, it talks about the tribe of Joseph was divided into two representatives, Joseph's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. In Numbers 32, we have the story of these tribes. The Israelites had just defeated the Amorites, and these tribes came to a portion of the land that was very, very fertile. It looked good for their flocks. And they looked the land over, and they said, I think we ought to just stay here. So they went to Moses and told him, we don't want to go over to Canaan. We'd rather just stay here. Well, Moses couldn't talk them into going. So they stayed in the wilderness, not the promised land. Here in this passage, Joseph challenges these tribes to remember their promise to Moses. The only way Moses allowed them to stay on the other side was if they promised to help the other tribes cross over into the promised land. Now, maybe you're comfortable in your status quo, dull, anemic Christian life, but I'm not. I'm ready to go to the other side. I'm ready for a miracle, and I'm honestly tired of the wilderness. What about you this morning? I want you to know today, you can choose to experience God's best, or you can settle for less. It's your choice. It's your destiny. I know so many people who are just borderline believers. They get so close to their inheritance, but they never claim it and never live victory. They'd rather stay in the wilderness 
and dwell with their brothers and sisters in the promised land. You have a choice. And I want to challenge you to choose the path you take very carefully. Your choices now determine where you end up down the road. Fourth, we are to lead other people confidently. It says, and they answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he has with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you commanded him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. You see, Joshua had a word from God. He had followed God obediently, firmly believed in his promise, chosen the correct path, and now he was leading God's people with great confidence. I want you to know, no Christian leader is more effective in his leadership than when he is along with God down on his knees. Joshua could lead these people because he was a follower of God. Joshua challenged the people to step up and obey And he led by example. And here's how they responded. They committed their complete and total obedience as well. They said, all that you have commanded, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Then they prayed for Joshua. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. No Christian leader will succeed apart from prayer. Here's the question. Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Prayer is where you fight your battles. Do you hear me? You fight your battles down on your knees. Our Sunday night small group that my wife and I are leading, materials by a guy named, a pastor named Mark Batterson, and it's called Whispers about discerning the voice of God and this past week or so, we, we talked our second session about the whispering spot. You know, there's a place in, uh, called Statuary Hall in Washington, D.C. Actually, there's a hotel in Mobile, Alabama called the Battle House. And the same thing happens in both these places. Because of the circular walls and dome ceilings in this building, it allows whispering waves to travel the circumference of the room in unusual ways. So you can get to one end. We'd always do this for fun in Mobile if nobody's ever been to that hotel. At one end of the wall to the other end of the wall and just barely whisper. And you can hear everything at the other end. Amazing. If you survey Scripture, you'll see whispering spots. For Jacob, it was a place called Bethel. For Moses, it was called a burning bush. For David, it was the cave of Adullam. For Ezekiel, it was the Kibar River. For Daniel, it was an upstairs window facing Jerusalem. A whispering spot is as unique as you are. Simply put, it's somewhere you go to hear the voice of God. The voice of God is a little louder louder and a little clearer in those places. One of my favorite places to hear God is Actually, out in the woods, when I'm in the stand and not on the ground out of a stand. God can show up anywhere, anytime, anyhow. 
And God could have showed up on the pyramids when he confronted Moses. But he chose to show up on the backside of the desert, probably to show that no place is void of his presence. We talk so much about getting into the presence of God, but the reality is this. God is here, there, and everywhere. God is present and accounted for. What's absent is our awareness. Find your whisper spot where you go for your quiet time. To be still and aware, to connect with God, to pray and hear from God. And lastly, they reminded him of God's word. Here the people echoed the challenge from the lips of himself. Only be strong of God himself. Only be strong of good courage. So what's keeping us from having a breakthrough and experiencing a miracle? Lori and I have hanging in the wall of our house a canvas. It says, sometimes we're so busy waiting for a miracle, we don't realize that we are living in it. Let that sink in. Now, the best miracle for anyone is having Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You walk in here not knowing where you would go if you died, and you ask Him to be the Lord and Savior of your life, and you walk out of here spending eternity in heaven with Jesus. You see, if you want to break through a miracle, that's what you do. Speaking of miracles, I got a text last night from our children's director, Jenna Booker. And she said I could share this. A friend of hers was told she would never be able to get pregnant. She was 31 years old. And the reason she was told this was because she had breast cancer. She found herself with no chest, no hair, and no self-esteem after the doctors told her that the chemo had killed all of her eggs and she would never get pregnant. She is now a mom to a miracle baby, a baby boy just born three days ago. Now that is a miracle. And God still performs miracles. There's nothing that our God can't do. Church, this morning, I do this from time to time. This is what I want to do. In a moment, Robin and the praise team come and begin to play. I just want to call as many people that is able to come to this altar here in a moment. Because this is what I want you to do. I want you to come and pray for a miracle for this church. God has been so good to us that God would, we would begin to see miracles. Guys, not just talk about them, not just think about them, not just pray about them, do it to see them. And everybody in this place today, I'm sure, has been asking God for something. Some of you in here today have asked God, what am I to do with this marriage? Lord, I'm just ready to give up. Lord, help me to put this thing back together. Even today, someone told me they could lose their job. They'll probably need a job. It happens all the time. Some of you in here today are going through chemotherapy. Some of you have already come through cancer on the other side. And some was willing, was warning almost to the point of quitting and giving up. But that's how good God is. But everybody in this place today needs something. And I want you to know that there's a man called Jesus, and he is the miracle worker. So in a moment, after I pray, I'm just going to ask us to stand and just come and just begin to pray for whatever it may be. Pray for each other. Pray for this church. 
Pray that God will continue to do the things that he needs to do. We'll still see people saved. We'll still see people coming to the Lord. Father, this morning, I lift up this congregation to you. Every person that is inside these four walls today. Lord, I know that these people are probably asking and have been asking something from you. Lord, for all the people who are listening and watching by live stream and television, that God, you would touch them. That God, you would just help them to cry out to you. Father, we thank you that you don't want heaven without us. So God, you brought heaven down. And that's what I'm asking you to do today. God, I pray that you would just bring a realness to this congregation today. That God, we would not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And God, we would claim victory in our lives today. Lord, we don't understand all the things about physical healing, but Lord, you do. For some, God, you choose to heal today, tomorrow, some in eternity. But God, today, as we have breath in our lungs, God, help us to have the faith that, Lord, you would heal us in the air that we need healing. So, Lord, today is your day, is every day. God, if there's someone here today that needs to know you as Lord and Savior, they would come and do that today. We ask all this in your precious name. Amen. Would you stand and would you come and pray today? Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.